here's what, what I, I've been thinking in these terms. Now, for those of you who attend on Wednesday night, we do this thing every Wednesday night. We spend the first 10 to 20 minutes doing what we call EDGs. Anybody know what EDG stands for? Everyday Grace. Everyday Grace. So we talk about these Everyday Grace moments where we as a people are learning how to connect the dots between what we pray, what we say, what we believe, how we worship with what God is doing all around us. So we're connecting the dots. We call those everyday grace moments. And so we take testimonies. We say, hey, we have a microphone available. We say, anybody have an EDG tonight? And I'm telling you, hands go up everywhere with people sharing what God is up to. Now, here's the beauty about that. These are not, in fact, it's almost like no epic testimonies allowed yet. Now, we know God can move epically, right? He can move spectacularly, and I'm grateful for that. But I also want to learn to celebrate the small things. Celebrate Him in the everyday rhythm of life. What is God doing in your life around you right now? So now we've shifted gears this last Wednesday night. We're calling them EDMs now. I think Anybody know what that might mean? Everyday miracles, good. Give yourself, yeah, awesome. So everyday miracles. Now, we're celebrating everyday miracles, and here's what I want us to do over these next few weeks. I want us to lean in and to literally open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, open our spirit, and turn our radar on so that we can begin to see what God is doing in the world around us in our everyday moments. For example... I've been thinking a lot about miracles this week because having studied for this, having been talking about this for a year, having gone over the material, we met with our life group and started ours on Tuesday night where we did the very first chapter, which is what we're going to be talking about today, which is Mighty Among Us. And having done that, it's just been really on my mind. So we uh, went over to Lock and Terra yesterday. Our daughter turned 18 yesterday. It's a big milestone for faith. And she drove in from Howard Payne to spend the day with us or the weekend with us. And so we went over to Lock and Terra. Mom and Faith are in a store or in a place I really don't want to go in. You know what I mean, men? Do I have any men that would agree with that? So I'm sitting outside enjoying the overcast, cooler, relatively, weather than we've had. And just sitting out there. And I notice a couple of tables down. I'm sitting over by the subway and there's a bunch of tables lined out there. And I see these two young men over there, and they have starch white shirts on, dress pants, and little badges on. Anybody might know who they might be. It was Elder Smith and Elder Patrick. So I can't help myself. I'm just going to be honest. I love talking to these guys. And, uh, you know, they're on mission. For those of you who don't know about the Mormon church, they... Uh, when they're 18, 19, 20 years old, they go on mission for two years, and they'll go out and they canvas places, and they're, they're not doing anything. They're just sitting at a table, and I'm thinking, well, this is unusual. I figured they'd be out doing something. They're just sitting there. I'm sitting there, and I'm resisting the urge to go talk to them. The problem is I have very little self-control, so I finally get up, and I'll walk over to them, and I said, hey, how are you guys doing? They're like, great, and they have... Uh, these uh, Book of Mormons stacked up on their little table there. I guess they're giving them out. Anybody wants them when they walk by. And I said, hey, I have a question for you guys. And uh, it's probably a good thing Annette wasn't with me because she'd probably be going, oh, no, here we go. And I just said, uh, I have a question for you guys. And I said, uh, what do you believe about miracles? 
And the reason I said that is because I was curious in terms of what we're going to be talking about, what other people think about miracles. I said, so what does your church teach? What does your religion, your faith teach about miracles? They said, oh, we pray for miracles every day. We believe God still does miracles. I said, you're telling me that you believe God still works today. Now, I have to admit I was playing a little dumb. And I do that a lot when I talk to other people. I don't try to give away that I'm a pastor or have a seminary degree in theology or anything like that. I, I like to see what people, where people are. In fact, I've been known to walk up to people who have a Christian t-shirt and just say, do you really believe that stuff? I did, I've done that several times. And I get mixed reactions. If they respond well, I go, that's awesome, high five, me too. You know? And they're like, oh my gosh, you scared me. And so I mess with people all the time. So I'm playing a little dumb with these guys. I'm like, hey, so, so tell me what you think about miracles. And, and they go off saying, oh, we pray every day, and God does miracles every day, and, and God works. I'm going, good answer, good answer, great answer, great. Maybe a better answer to some Christians I know, I'm thinking. And I end up just having a great conversation with them, and, and I never give away who I am or what I'm doing because I'm always curious about how they're going to approach me. And so um, I thank them for their time, and I, I just looked at them. I said, you know, I said, I believe that the God who spoke still speaks. And I believe that the Christ who acted still acts. And I believe that the Spirit who moved still moves. And uh, Elder, Elder Smith said, looked at me and went, that's awesome. <laughs> I never gave away who I was, but they might have figured out I probably am a follower of Jesus. They later stopped by my table, so I went and sat back down, and they gave me their card, and they hand-wrote their cell numbers on there, their mobile numbers on there, and said, hey, if you want to talk more, and we found a passage in the Book of Mormon that talks about miracles, and, and they said, do you have one? I said, actually, I do have one in my library. So anyway, so that ended our time with those guys, because I'm curious about what other people think about miracles. I will say this, that having heard Jim's testimony, and we're going to have other testimonies as we go along through the series, uh, just like what you saw, because I want to celebrate not only the big and the epic, and we'll do that too, but I want to celebrate what God's doing in our lives every day. If we'll just open our eyes and look, I'm telling you, God, He is mighty among us. He's working among us every day. So uh, I want you to know, again, we're talking about mighty among us, but I want you to know the study resources that Austin referred to, go online, oakhillschurch.com, click on the banner, it says Awestruck, and there is so much material there for you, for your personal study, for your small group, and I would encourage you to dive right in. So here's, I've got two things we're going to say today. We're going to keep this very simple, do kind of a high flyover today, but here's the first thing I want to say. We need to be open, we need to be open to the miracle. We need to be open to the miracle. And I'm going to ask you, and every week we're going to talk about this, whether it's me bringing a message or Max, we're going to revisit these two statements. And one is be open to the miracle. Now listen to this, uh, this statement. And this is from the Awestruck book, by the way, which I have right here. A miracle is a work accomplished by God for a godly purpose. Miracles are shoulder taps from God. Whispers or shouts that remind us you are not alone. I'm still in charge. My plan will be achieved. Miracles remind us there is more to this life than meets the eye. Miracles give birth to hope, a living hope. So my question for you is this. Do you believe that God still moves today in the miraculous? 
I'm telling you, if I was to ask for EDMs, everyday miracles here, I think we'd see hands shoot up all over the place. Because all of us have probably at some point in our life, in our walk with Jesus, have experienced something that all we could say is, God did this. God showed up. It had to be God. There's no other explanation. So here's the second one. The first one is be open to the miracle. The second one is this, be part of the miracle. I love this statement, again, out of our book, and I invite you to look. Jesus was intent on involving people in His miracles. Turn to your neighbor and say, He's definitely talking about you. God wants to involve you in the miraculous. Listen to this. He raised Lazarus from the dead, but asked Martha to remove the stone. He fed the crowds, but told the followers to distribute the bread. He invited Peter to walk on water but left it up to him to step out of the boat. He healed the paralytic, but asked him to take up his mat. Are you open to playing a part in God's miraculous displays? Could it be that God wants to do mighty works through you? Could it just be that He wants to use you for maybe the mightiest work you've ever experienced? Or could it be He wants to involve you in an everyday miracle? I'm telling you, if we'll keep our eyes wide open and our ears open, listening, we'll see God move. I want to share a scripture out of Acts chapter 2, verse 22. We've been going through on Wednesday night in our Equip series for months and months on end. We've been going through the book of Acts. So this verse is very near and dear to me. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. This is where Peter stands up and preaches the gospel message for the first time to the Jews that were gathered for Passover, thousands of Jews gathered, come from all over, made their way to Jerusalem for Passover and celebration, and he stands up on the steps of the temple, on these marble steps. I've stood on those steps before. They're absolutely gorgeous. They're still there, still intact today. And he stood up and spoke, and on that day, thousands of people, thousands heard the gospel. Scripture says 5,000 came to Christ and cried out, what must, we, what must we do to be saved? And yet, here's the thing, that was just counting the men. They only numbered the men. So you add the families in with that, it could have been anywhere from twelve to 15 plus thousand people. And how did he do it without a sound system? How did he do it without everything that we have here? He did it because these marble steps and these stone walls act as a natural amphitheater. And as he stood up on those steps, his voice was, was thrust out over that crowd. And listen to what he said, just one snippet of what he said about Jesus, the one who is mighty among us. He said in the middle of his sermon, in the middle of his message, which by the way was the precursor to the outpouring and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, For the first time, men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by these things, miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Signs, wonders, miracles, What in the world are these things? And what in the world is a miracle? We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But here's what I want to share with you. Here's what a sign is. A sign points to something greater. 
In other words, a sign that God brings to us is not the reality, it's what points to a greater reality. I've said this many times, especially to our Wednesday night group, if I was driving to Lubbock, Texas, and I come through Slayton and I see a sign that says Lubbock, 14 miles, and I was to stop, get out of my truck, and do a victory dance saying, I finally made it to Lubbock, I'm finally here, when I saw the sign, how many of you know people would think I was a nutcase and a lunatic? Here's the thing, that sign was designed for one purpose, and that was to point to a greater reality. And the greater reality in that case is Lubbock city limits, 14 miles away. So here's the thing, when I see the sign, I don't stop, I just go to where the sign points me. Now here's the beauty about walking with Jesus. He grants signs, miracles, and wonders. I always call signs that make you wonder. That's what they're for. A sign makes you wonder about the greater reality. Let me tell you what the greater reality of a miraculous sign is. It's not the sign. It's Jesus. The sign points to Him who is in Himself the greatest reality. So, I want to share just a quick testimony of my own of something that happened to me just yesterday morning. Now, in years past, the Lord has given me something that's really unique. Maybe you've seen something like this, or maybe He has something that He gives to you. But I have to tell you, I don't see a lot of stuff, so to speak. I've been in environments where the miraculous was happening all around to everybody else, but I was kind of going, well, that's awesome for you, and that's great, it's amazing. And I'm standing there going, hmm, that would be awesome if something like that happened to me, and it doesn't, hasn't. Until a few years ago, when I started noticing something, little white feathers would show up in the most interesting places. We had been through a real wilderness in our life, and we went back to the very church that had just decimated our family. And the pastor who had done some really, who there had been some serious betrayal that sent us on a, on a wilderness journey for a year, and actually it was longer than that, but... But the, the, the initial causal effect was for about a year of just suffering. And our family devastated. My daughter devastated. And, and literally made us technically homeless for a season. It was devastating. And we felt like we needed to walk through healing because, and forgiveness and grace. We needed to extend a grace. Our, we needed to extend grace to them as, as though we required it ourselves. As much as we required. So we did. One day we said, you know what, we need to go visit that church. And it was in Tennessee. And we lived, we'd been very faithful and connected to another church. We were thriving. We were in a good place in our lives. And we wanted to test to see if we were healed. And we wanted to test to see if we'd actually forgiven. My granddad was a cabinet maker. And every time he would build something, he would put pressure on it to test it. So we wanted to put pressure on on our healing, on our forgiveness. Have we really forgiven or are we just saying it by faith? You know what I mean? So we drove up in the parking lot of this place, it's a huge church, and tons of people, and we didn't know what it would be like to walk back in those doors where we were hurt. So we walked back in, and immediately people started running to us and mobbing us in the hall, and it ended up being a family reunion. What we thought was, oh, everybody knows what happened. Oh, it's it turned out beautiful. And I had actually was, I was an executive pastor in this church. I'd been over the whole worship team. While we're sitting there, 
uh, the worship team, I don't know how they're doing it while they're playing, but they're texting me going, Pastor Jimmy, oh my gosh, Pastor Annette, oh my gosh, it's so great. Can't wait to see you. Don't run off. And it was just this beautiful moment. We're sitting in, in, these, in these seats, these pews. The worship team's going, me and Annette and Faith. And then, then we have a, a little lull in the action. And while we're sitting there, we see a white feather just floating. It was so light. And it floated down. It's me, Faith, and Annette. And it floated down right in front of, Annette, in front of Faith. And it kind of hovered there for a minute. And we looked at each other and smiled. And it was literally a sign as though God was saying, here's a shoulder tap. Here's a fist bump. I got you. I got this. And, we, and I, tried to, I was going to try to catch it. You know how we do things, right? And it was so light that when I tried to grab for it, it, it poofed off and it went away. So that's happened several times, not long after I got here. I was having a rough time. When I first got here, we, we, we had to navigate a lot of hurt in the church. And I had a lot of meetings, one after another, of people very hurt. And we were navigating all that, and it was long days, and it was ex emotionally exhausted. I was new on the scene and, and dealing with a lot of stuff that had happened before. And I was tired. I was exhausted. I was depleted. And I walk out to my car, which was underneath the carport out here, and I looked down on the ground, there's the most beautiful white feather laying there, right as I was going to get in the car, it was laying there. And I remember saying to you, I said, thank you, Lord. I just needed to know you're present. So yesterday, I take my dogs out. I have a morning routine where I get up and I write a little devotional post every day. I write in my journal, I get in the Word and the Scripture, and it's just a time that I have. I try to get up first in the house and beat everybody up, and, and then I, I do that. And, and, but inevitably, my dogs hear me, right? So the dogs, are, they take precedence over everything, right? If you have puppies, you know what I'm talking about. So they always want to go outside and take care of business. I take them outside. And me and Gracie have this game we play where I throw a ball, throw a ball, throw a ball. She chases it 30, 40 times. While we're out there, it's overcast. And I'm loving it. I'm enjoying the cooler temperatures. Throwing the ball. Gracie's having a ball. Chevy's laying right by my feet. And I look up because I see something catches my eye. And I look up, and about 20 feet up in the air, I see a feather floating down. And I thought, wow, that's really weird. And it floats down, and it lands about 10 feet in front of me. So I go, and I pick it up. And I decided to keep it this time. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to let this be a sign. I'm going to let this be a reminder that he's got this. You know what I was concerned about? What I've been worrying about this week? I've been worried about this. Going to two services. Building a boat in the desert. I feel like Noah. And the Lord knows my heart. He knows I was concerned about it. And knows that, that we stepped out in faith to do what we're doing. Believing that if we make room, that the harvest is going to come. And so I'm going to keep this handy. So that I can be reminded that God showed me. I've got this. That's what a sign does. It shows us that God's got this. Now, am I going to worship this? Am I going to build a, a denomination or a religion out of it? No. It's just a reminder that points to the greater reality that God's good, that He's got it, and He's just reminding me that He's close. And I'm sure you've had experiences as well that you could point to. Listen to this in John 14, 12, speaking in terms of the miraculous. This is Jesus speaking. Listen to his words. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Wait a minute. Did you catch that? 
Don't do a cursory reading over this Scripture. I say to you, he who believes in me, do you believe in Jesus? Okay, we got a few here. The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. I don't know about you, but that Scripture has challenged me for years. And I go back to it often. I have it highlighted in my Bible. And sometimes my Bible will even kind of fall open to that area in that page. And I look at that and I see that and I say, Lord, what are the greater works? What are the greater works that you want to do through us that you want us to walk in? I don't know about you, but I want to be open to the greater works. Why? Because I want to be a part of a miracle. I want to be open to the miracle and I want to be a part of the miracle. Now, here's the definition of a miracle. I'll look this up because I love the, the Greek language. Here's the definition. It's the word dunamis. You may have heard this before because we've brought this up before. It's power. It's the same word that's used in Acts 1.8 when you shall receive power, dunamis. We, we extrapolate that word in our English or transliterate it to be dynamite. It's the same word. It's, it's the derivative of that. Dunamis. Force, literally or figuratively. So it's actual or it could be a metaphor. Especially miraculous power. Usually by implication, a miracle itself. In fact, the word defined miracle in the New Testament is the word dunamis, as well as power. It's the same word. Ability, abundance, meaning, might. Worker of miracles, power, strength, mighty, wonderful work. I don't know about you, but do you want to be a part of a miracle? Do you want to be open to a miracle? We're going to pray in a minute and believe that God wants that for us. i got to share something that my pastor back in Tennessee, before we moved here, we went to Grace Chapel, wonderful church. And Pastor Steve is going through, Pastor Steve Berger is going through a series right now, and he was talking about the miraculous and the supernatural. And I actually watched this, we watched it last week, and we're like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And he said this, and he had this on a screen, so I want to share it with you. He says this, we mustn't think Jesus did what he did because he was gifted in ways that are unavailable to us. If we do, we will cease learning and imitating the miraculous. Did you get that? If we think that somehow Jesus had something we don't, or capability or ability we don't, we won't even try. We won't even believe. We won't even lean toward what He has for us. Because He wants us to demonstrate the kingdom of God here on the earth. And we'll hold back and we'll conserve and we'll, we'll stay back out of fear. But that's not what He's called us to. We've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Jesus was the Son of Man when He was on this earth. He was flesh. He put on an earth suit and moved into the neighborhood. He was flesh and blood just like you and me. And even said in John chapter 5, I cannot do anything on my own, but only what I see the Father doing. Jesus leaned into what God was already up to, aligned Himself with that, and He walked in the miraculous and the powerful because of that. So here's a simple challenge and, a, and an obvious misspell. So here it is, because I did these myself. So, a simple challenge. Here it is. Would you pray? Would you pray with me today? Father, would you give me the gift of faith to believe Jesus' word? 
that I will do even greater works as I grow as a child of God. Be open to the miracle. Be a part of the miracle. So my question for you today is, will you join me in this prayer to say, I want to be open. I want to be a part. I don't want to read about it somewhere else and hear about it somewhere else or, or, or think to myself, why does it always seem to happen in a third world country and missionaries come back just full of stories of God moving in miraculous ways. Why not here? Why not now? Can I get an amen? amen. Why not here? Why not now? So just so you'll know this, I've been asking God. I've been praying a dangerous prayer on our behalf. Someone probably should say, uh-oh, out loud. I've been praying for us that God would allow us and grant us the privilege of being the epicenter in the hill country of a spiritual awakening and a true, authentic move of God. I'm not asking for a short-lived, high-impact revival that comes and goes. I'm asking for an increasing measure of His grace to be the epicenter of a spiritual awakening that sweeps the entire hill country. Do you think that's bold? Do you think it's audacious? Or do you think it might line up with the will of God and His Word? I think it lines up with His will. So would you join me in this prayer today? Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to pray this prayer over us. I'm going to invite you to be in agreement with me as we close today. Father, would you give us the gift of faith to believe Jesus' word, that we will do even greater works as we grow as sons and daughters of the Most High God. I pray for my friends here, and as we launch into this journey, that we would truly be awestruck by the miracles that we read in the Scripture, but also engaged as we walk these out in our own lives. So Father, open our eyes. Open our ears, open our hearts, open our spirits. Even this week, would you grant a grace, an anointing over every person that as we go through the week, something we'll begin to see, we'll begin to notice, we'll begin to observe, and that, Lord, you would acutely make us aware of what you're doing. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen and Amen.